Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Chody Shifter, professional racing driver. And when I'm not racing vehicles, I'm usually sitting on the downstairs toilet or in a motorway services on my smart telephone, sifting through ad after ad of interesting vehicles from carinclassic.com. You should try it too. There's many to choose from, and you can even sell them free on classifieds or off of an auction. Thanks for listening. Bye. Smith & Sniff is sponsored by carandclassic.com. I'm Richard Porter. I'm Johnny Smith. And this is Smith & Sniff, a podcast in which two friends talk about cars and many other things. Before we get cracking the whip on this urgent podcast full of yes. urgent car news, if yes. you can hear banging in the background, it's not my tortoises this time. It's, I think, next door having a new flat roof on their elongated garage, oh. which I believe was modified two owners ago by a man that was dying but wanted to collect Rileys. So... there's an awful lot to unpack here already yeah so i just thought i'd quickly snick that piece of information in before we get going on my deathbed i would probably there's things i would prioritize over collecting riley's well i think you and i both but for that particular chap i think he just wanted a a load of kestrels and kestrel bits (laughs) I don't mean part, parts of birds. <laughs> or, or strong lager. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's that was his coping mechanism. I you mean, want, I, I just want a kestrel. Yeah. I just want a kestrel. Oh, all right. Hang on. Well, hang on. I'll, I'll see. I'll get on Car and Classic. And I'll, uh, they've already walked out of the room while he's going, no, just, I just want a lager. No, I just want, want a fat lager. can. I want a fat can of naughty lager. <laughs> a tall can. Mm. Very tall can of is a kestrel soup what's that about yeah something i don't know is yeah it? it's a, it's a strong it's a strong lager um mm. some, it's certainly some business-like it is it's, it's continental strength or whatever they used to call it <laughs> i don't really know what the true what what's the true definition of continental strength lager i don't well, know i think it used to be five percent which is around where stella artois sits Yes. Isn't it? That used yeah. to be it. But sort of everything's 5% now, where well, a lot of stuff is. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Even really drinkable, Since smooth the, stuff. The IPA boom of yeah. the 2010s and 20s. Because yeah. I, I, I was... Um, <laughs> I went to a Wagamama the other day. With of course you of did. And our kids, of course did. Of course you did, and, Tyrone. Um, uh, I didn't realise. They always used to do, you know, Asahi and um, Kirin and stuff. And so I had a bottle of asahi yeah but my mate had got some interesting looking ipa in a snazzy big can and i was like oh so i'll have one of those so when i finished my asahi i was like i'll have one of those and then it was only when i was drinking it i looked and it was sort of like 6.9 percent i go this is not a sort of late afternoon wagamama strength beer what the fuck (laughs) wagamama what are you trying to do to us apart from supply delicious asian fusion food yeah they're just trying to get they're trying to get the heart pulsing so that you're <laughs> you'll go do you know what i wasn't going to order anymore but i think i'll order a couple more bowls of noodles and things yeah <laughs> and then before you know it three hours in you're wiping your chin seven more cans have, have gone across the table you're like right hold <laughs> I don't, i'll be honest hold my I, meetings I, has anyone ever really bedded in for the for the afternoon in a Wagamama? I feel like that's it's not the kind of place you would do that. It's a pretty in out sort of joint, isn't it? Generally, yeah. I, I only had a so. second beer because it's like there are a lot of us. And the food is taking a while to all arrive. Please remember, your food arrives when it's ready, as they always say. Is that what they say? They usually say that. Well, You've never been to a Wagamama. I have, but I don't remember that very. It's a sort of line that DJ Khaled would tell you if he was a waiter. Of course the food will arrive when it's ready, because why, why else would it arrive, you 
big, big breathing bassoon. <laughs> Please remember, the food will arrive when it's not ready. I was oh going to say, God, is this raw chicken? What the fuck? Yeah. Please remember that we will just bring out the raw ingredients and we will chop it and do whatever we want with it next to you. <laughs> and then we'll decide when you should eat it. Elbowing you in the face while he tries to carpaccio this lump of beef. Exactly. So uh, I can't remember where we're going with that. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, I, let's bring this back onto cars. Um, mm-hmm. I was driving my insight yesterday down to mm-hmm. a guy that you might be familiar with called Gordon Murray. And... Um, and uh, hi, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, listen, guys, and had the radio on, and um, Glory Hole Estefan came on. The uh, <laughs> rhythm is going to get you. Mm. And did you know in that song? Because I've not heard it before. It's got a car revving in the background. Has it? Yeah, the rhythm is going to get you. It's got. It sounds like a supercar is revving. And it happens quite a lot in it. Now, oh, does it? Now, now, in the time it's taken me to get home last night from Gordon Murray's and go to bed and wake up and do this podcast, I haven't investigated whether there's any detail on that car. But maybe hawk-eared hmm. listeners might be able to help yes. out here. And it might be good yeah, fodder for your uh, boring car trivia book, number four, which I know you're working on, Richard. Yes. So. I, I, I mentioned this on The Socials last week because the, the previous weekends, my wife and I were painting our kitchen, not a euphemism, and she <laughs> just out of nowhere, she went, can I ask you a question? How come you've not written a book for a while? And I was like, don't know, just sort of haven't. She was like, oh, you should. Yeah. Too busy you, podcasting with stuff. an absolute stroker. Yeah, every but then Monday. I have got I got loads of notes for a sort of theoretical boring car trivia four and and some stuff properly written out and then just some stuff where I, looking back at my notes, some of it is almost so abstract that I can't figure out what I was trying to trying to say. Oh I, yeah, yeah, I know. Just, I know. Just be something a little sort of say Montego brown bear hat question mark and you're like what i don't even know where to start with that so um i've been sifting through my my notes and plucking out the good ones and double checking them and and looking up stuff and so uh yeah last week i I kind of i suddenly went fuck i'm gonna crack on and then i mentioned on social media partly because if i mention on social media then other people know so i kind of i've got to get on with it then um because Uh, i see you feel pressured what's happened to it yeah so i kind of use use twitter as a kind of um sort of self-imposed deadline because as people listening to this will know yeah particularly because of some of the shite music that i've put up on smith sniff uh soundcloud and youtube that i i am prone to procrastinating and doing things that aren't strictly my job so um it's okay i I, I, I can relate because i do the same mm. i just wasn't as vocal about it because i knew that people that are close to me would wade in and go of of course you don't, you absolute loser. You waste <laughs> loads of time doing things that aren't important and then you realise you've missed an important thing that you should have done. Yes, I know. Yeah. I'm that uh, guy. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, so I'll do a little call to action. If you have a piece of boring car trivia that you'd love to share in return for a name check in the book, uh, get in touch. Hello at smithandsniff.com. Don't worry about, you know, fully sourcing it and providing evidence. It, it just even a little tip off, just a tiny little. I'm sure I was once told that the Honda Legend could go at 400 miles an hour in reverse. Just just send it through and I will do the research. <laughs> I double check everything, all the facts. I try and check them as much as I can so that everything is as accurate as it can be. So, you know, you don't have to do the donkey work. But if you've just got some vaguely remembered bit of information that you think could be worthy of putting in a very dull book of car trivia then please do get in touch i might i might sniff.com i think i might think of some of my own to send to you <laughs> I, um, <laughs> why don't you do a rival book but it's all just made up car trivia oh yeah that's a great idea i'd like yeah. to know the route of and i suspect it's american but i don't know how long ago the route of the overuse of the word super lately i'm Ooh, getting a, i'm getting a bit i'm getting a bit pissed off with it if i'm honest Super cool, super excited. Super excited about this, yeah. yeah super yeah. pumped. What a supercar. Uh, well, really, it's just a Clio. Well, <laughs> that's right. So, on the basis of the fact that I'm a bit supered out from people messaging and talking to me in that way, um, 
I wondered whether this this wave of it in the UK came about through Americanisms, or is it the Ferrari Superfast coming about? Uh, <laughs> but I because, was, you know, the Ferrari Superfast. Yeah. I always just think of Matchbox cars. Oh yeah, because they had Superfast written on the bottom. They, and on the they, box, had, they, they? they had a Superfast range, which I think had yeah. different wheels. Or that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I totally forgot about that. Totally forgot was, about the super fast. I can't take this Ferrari super fast uh, seriously because it, it. I just that that word automatically means toy to me. Super fast toy Ferrari. Hmm. Well, that's the thing. Ferrari super fast. You just go. Wow. I bet if you got it onto like a wooden floor, it would really zoom into a skirting board. Parquet flooring. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Be amazing. Don't see the the thing about the Ferrari is if I know I know there there've been old Ferraris that are called super fast. But I just think it should have been called, I don't know, really quick. Just would have been a little bit better. Or It's odd they didn't do it in Italian, because I bet it would have sounded great in Italian. Actually, yeah. What is, ver- what is super fast in, in, in have a look? Italian? Yeah, please. Let's just do it. Translate. Super fast. Oh, yeah. well, I mean, uh, maybe this is why they didn't use it, because it sounds a bit alfri. Super fast in Italian is super veloce. Hmm. Which of course, Veloce, so Alpha's yeah. used that for moons and moons. It's funny, though, isn't it? When you think about what Italian Close. car names mean, that if you are an Italian speaker, because you are, for example, at Italian, <laughs> cars are not sexy-sounding. Your average Italian street scene, oh, look, there's a Fiat Point. There's a Fiat One. There's an Alpha Giulia Fast. It's just, it doesn't quite have the same sort of romance to it as it does to the ears of a non-Italian speaker. You get but to they, enjoy the music of the words rather than what they actually mean, which is, in fact... Yeah. They do, go, oh, look, a Fiat Tipo, Sedici Vavoli, what a wonderful sounding car. And you go, <laughs> oh, look, the Fiat Type 16 valve, how exciting, if you're Italian. <laughs> so I don't... There, there's I, a Ducati called we, we, we a Desmo. It's a, do, it's a, what's it called? The Desmodromo. De, Des, Desmodromo Sedici. Um, I think so. Which De, Desmo Desmo Sedici again just sounds like a, a crooner from the sixties. I'm going to say with a very silky voice and a, and a scarf, a neck scarf, a permanent neck scarf. Even when the shirt is unbuttoned a long way, still has the silky <laughs> neck scarf on. Don't let him look at Desmodro- your wife, because Des- Desmo Sedici like, will have you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Let's go to that restaurant. No, don't, because it's it's the night they've got Desmo Sedici on stage, and he's he, he comes around the tables with his shirt, like, <laughs> you can see his belly button, basically. Oh, of course you can. It's only, you can see the lot, basically. He's wearing... Is, uh, hang on, is Desmo... Desmo Desmodromo is the valves, isn't it? They use desmodromic valves, but what yeah. is Desmo? Sedici. I think I think it's I think it's some it's a number of valves, isn't it? Yeah. Des Desmo Desmo Sedici. Hello, please, please welcome on stage everyone's favourite, lovely, fresh in from the Algarve. It's Desmo Sedici. You bastard. Takes one last really, really deep drag. <laughs> on, a, on a JPS, he does. Strength. He kicks. All right, the, I've got to go and do all my singing. Hang on. Uh, he I'll kicks just do the, the stand down. He kicks the stand down <laughs> on a sort of average size motorbike that should really be a little bit bigger. Strangers in the night, exchanging <laughs> glances. Uh, he points. Thank you very much. I'm Ben Desmo Sedici. <laughs> Desmo Sedici. Yeah, the Desmo Sedici Stradale as well is. Uh, is it is a Ducati? So I'm pretty sure yeah. it's the it's it's yeah it's a four stroke V4 race bike. I should know this because Shaky Burns told me all about the Desmo Sedici. Ah, oh the you, you filthy Desmo Sedici, you! It's like do you know the car designer Trevor Fiore? Do you I don't with him. I, who he he was you know sort of um, in the seventies. He worked at Citroen at some point. He did the Alpine A1. A three ten rather sorry the, the oh yeah seventies one he did a lot of cars and he and then he worked for I can't remember Bertoni or someone I think um, and but he was from I think he was from Yorkshire he's from South Yorkshire and his real name was something just quite normal like you know Trevor Steele or Trevor Brown or something 
but I think his mum was Italian. Her maiden name was Fiore. And when he decided to become a car designer, he was like, oh, I need to... I need to have, like, you know, better-sounding name and that. Continental so vibes. work at, like, you know, one of them fancy, you know, Pininfarina and that. And, and so races. He, yeah, he, he called himself Trevor Fury instead, which does sound like a club singer. It, it does, doesn't it? For say! <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of the designer, that, uh, the design house that did all of those triumphs? I always forgot, the Triumph 2000 Oh, Michelotti. That's right, Michelotti. Mm. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah, I love I love the Mark II Triumph Two Thousand. I think it's such so a good... weird. I was thinking about that car this morning. What? I don't. This is very really? weird, but it, it just popped into my head for no reason, and all I could think of. And I was just I was like feeding the dog and getting a coffee when I got up this morning, and I was all I could think. And of that wasn't was, a euphemism either. No, none of those no. are euphemisms. But but I was just like that that car in its day. You just look at it and go, mm, managing director. Yeah. It's just, it's got this, it's, 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 it's executive before that word was overused. Yeah. I think it's what a, a sophisticated fantastic. car. I love the front end. It's brilliant. Yeah. Front and back, because I love the way that they're sort of mirrored in a, in a kind of, the, the design is, is. They're almost like a fish mouth, aren't they? They've got like a fish mm. mouth f- front end, and inside the fish's mouth are the lights and the grill. It just kind of works. It's one of those cars, because you look at the original Triumph 2000, and it's just not as good. Michelotti n- really pulled it out for the facelift. Yeah, they did. I think the first one's thinking, a little bit dowdy, is the yeah. right word, maybe? Whereas yeah. the second one well, is svelte. It. It's just, it's, it's amazing, because it's, it's, the, the, the centre section is all, is all the same, but it's, it just looks so much better. You're right, the first one is... Is dowdy, isn't it? It's just, but yeah. also, I think it. The first one looks a bit prim and sort of early sixties-ish before the sixties had got going. Before the sixties yeah. became sexy, yes. And then the sixties got sexy, and Triumph went, "Oh, better try and make the two thousand a bit sexier." So that's and, and then I don't know when that facelift happened, but it's well, just it, it's spent, so good. It spent the summer working on the beach and and, <laughs> and 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 maybe lost a couple of shirt buttons. That's what we're saying, isn't it, here? Mm. I think That's it definitely it did. Yeah. What year? Hang on, I'm going to look this up as well. The, this is the bit where the did, listeners when go, When did the oh, Triumph 2000 get sexy? 1969, yes. Of course it did. So, yes. the, so, so the year that the Capri um, burst... It's buttons, it's shirt buttons on. Yeah, onto the, oh, there were buttons <laughs> yes. all over every dance floor. There were button, there were shirt buttons everywhere, and nobody put the them year, back on. The year that many of Ford's clothes became a lot silkier was nineteen sixty-nine, and you could definitely see what side men dressed in their trousers. Because yeah. it was, uh, <laughs> and if you couldn't, they'd put one leg up on the tire while they were talking to you yeah. to emphasise yeah. that they definitely were dressing that way. Ah, this is, I'm just looking at pictures of Triumph 2000s. That's <laughs> just of course, so cool. 2500s. Um, oh, yes. Car. Yeah, and, like... and not expensive. Not not a valuable car. No, they're Same not as a Rover P6. It's the same. It's the, that, that, I think those two cars, they're great for many, many reasons, but just not expensive. Mm. Um, and let's have a look. I'm on Car and Classic. Let's oh, have a little, stop it! Stop let's it! Let's have a little shifty. I'm going stop 2500. It with your, car, your Car and Classic catnip you. And they are. Oh, I can't find any other. Maybe I'll things. maybe I'll get my garage extended when I'm on <clears> Death's <throat> Door and just buy a lot <laughs> of Triumph <laughs> 2000s, but not a Mark One. Has to be a Mark Two. Yeah. Oh, uh, there we go. Okay. Oh, it's POA. Well, now this should be illegal. Yeah. There's only one. There's not many for sale. In fact, I can't what see it should be. What POA should stand for what? Piss off asking. And put the price on the ad. Was <laughs> price on ad. Is that what it should that's what POA should be. So you have to read yeah. the ad all the way to the bottom and in tiny yeah, caps it's it Ta-da! says it's six grand nine hundred. Yeah. <laughs> POA. Oh I can't I see because this one, yeah, so it's going through auction. They oh sorry, auction. They, oh yes. The the uh, bidding starts from one thousand euros. Oh, it's in the Netherlands. Are you going to buy uh, a Triumph two thousand from the Netherlands? Wow! Left hand drive is a lovely colour of blue, though. It looks great. Oh, yeah. look at this! I know, Managing I know, I know, director. guys. If you had to, 
if if it was mm. a if it was you know in my left hand is a P6 keys in my right hand Triumph 2000 Mark II keys engine Ooh. of engine of your choice oh wow well hmm. come on no because then I'm going to go V8 because I'm going to have the um, you have to go the, for the P6 the Rover three and a half with but the Buick and all that motor and all that a few years ago. They, do you remember? Probably, God, like twenty years ago now. But they they auctioned off a load of the exhibits from the Gaydon Car Museum because they didn't have enough space. I do remember that. And yeah. I went to the actual auction to see what was what was going down. Oh my gosh! And I would love to have done that. I'd be. I would have been. It was free. nuts. There was like someone bought half a Freelander. What? It was, I, and it went for quite strong money considering it was half a Freelander. You know, a sectioned model of a Freelander. Yeah. Oh, a cutaway, a cutaway. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. cutaway, that's the word I was looking for. And, um, yeah, there were a couple of of cutaway models that went for sort of, you know, the money that you thought you could buy a whole one for that. But somebody bought the, or a prototype of a Triumph 2000 with a Stag V8 in it. Okay, now we're talking. Well, I mean, it didn't work, apparently, and it had no glass, I seem to remember, for some reason. It had been just stuck in a storage unit. Um but it was bought by a Triumph specialist garage in Scotland because we were talking to the guy afterwards and he was sticking it on a trailer and he was like, oh, I'm going to get this all fixed up. I'm going to get it running. And I wonder if he ever did because I, 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 I just thought, wow, I know that Stag V8 has a bad rep, but I think people have got on top of a lot of the problems now, haven't they? They, they yeah. know how to, as long as you look after them. But imagine. That would be good. 2000 with, well, it would be a 3000, wouldn't it? Where you'd have to have the badges specially made. Oh, stop V8, it. Because the Stag V8 is a nice-sounding V8. It is, actually. Is it all aluminium? Or am I, did I make I that up? Or the head? Is. The heads are aluminium, maybe. Um, I mean, the Rover V8's all aluminium, isn't it? But I don't know if they hang on. So look, but you are right. V8. The Triumph, Triumph Slag has got a very good-sounding burble. Mm. So if it was well, V8... No, block is cast iron. This just in. Cast okay. iron block, heavy head. <laughs> Single overhead cam per bank. News just in. Well, I know we could look. We could. We could. We could wheeze. We could moan. We could groan about Mark II uh, Triumph two thousands for the rest of this podcast if we wanted to. And I'm sure many people would like us to do that, but we're not going to. No. Um, So I'm at the time that this is going out. This podcast is going out. I will have. I will have actually just been to. my first auto jumble in many years. I've been bullied into it by my brother uh, on the on the proviso of some very short, sharp WhatsApp messages because that's the way my brother rolls. And it was mm. basically, come, you must come to the Newark auto jumble. We leave very early in the morning. You'll see loads oh of bad hair. <laughs> was, and, and 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 the main the main attracting feature for me going is I'm going to see a lot of in inverted commas auto jumble hair. And auto jumble hair. I said to my brother when I had a a beer with him the other night. I said, "What's the definition of auto jumble hair?" He went, "Oh God, you wouldn't believe it, Johnny. I wouldn't believe it." He said, "Honestly, it's just it's." He said, "Some of it, some of it's graphite coloured candy floss in high wind." That was. That was his first description. Yeah, some of it, he said some of it's like like a like a really bad angel delight that's tried to be sort of pinned on someone's <laughs> tried to, to pin a load of angel delight onto someone's head. <laughs> he said, and he said, he said you will not believe the the, the predatory mentality of all, of of modern day auto jumblers. Really? But, well, because they're internet refusers, aren't they? <laughs> Basically, oh, yeah. So that you could just sit at home in the in the comfort of your own home, spend time with your friends and family, and sell that Triumph two thousand uh, headlight switch. Yeah. For for twelve quid. Yeah. But no, no. I tell you what, you're going to do. You're going to put it in the back of a van or a mate's estate car, travel a long way, pay to put a pitch up. It will be raining and it will be cold and dismal. You're going to lay it all out. You're going to sit in a chair and get really, really cold. 
and then and then and then and, and then you're going to get you're basically get started upon by a couple of guys with candy floss hair who point at that that switch and go I'm going to take this now off you cash four quid and you've gone no it's twelve I might take a little offer on that let's say a tenner but you've gone in so savagely low I'm almost offended and my brother said that's what happens and you're sat on a Sunday morning at 6am for the privilege of that. So he's really sold it to me. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, that's, and, and that's why I'm going. So I'm going to go. I, he's picking me well, up at 6 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. Next week you'll have to report back. But I'm wondering, you know, we've said before that American cars and coffee events always seem to start at 4am. I can't <laughs> quite figure out why, but is this the British equivalent? Auto jumping. Yes, it's, but it? it's maybe that's why Auto Jumble Hair exists because you start so early, you don't even look in the mirror. You simply well, no set your shower. Up. You've got to get out the door no. and get on the road because you live 400 miles from where the Auto Jumble is <laughs> happening and you need a starter motor for a Morris Oxford urgently. So. <laughs> My brother said also, you have to, one of the unwritten rules is you have to brush your teeth with other seaweed or dog's mess before you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, all right, I'll tell you what, here's a challenge for you. <laughs> Do you think that you could spend a year dressing only in clothes that you've bought at Auto Jumbles? <laughs> What is it? What I mean, I could do. What is it? And people won't say anything, or I could do it with no, conviction. Just, just, I don't know. I mean, that's part of the experiment, isn't it? But just I used to buy. I used to miss here again. I've bought. I have bought auto jumble clothes. Have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Mostly sort of you know like retro, um, like v- vintage race jackets and stuff. I've I've got okay. I've got a little stash of vintage race jackets I've, I've acquired over the years. I don't wear them so much now, but in my twenties, I wore them a lot. Because um, some I, of them I were like that they they do have someone will be selling new clothes, won't they? Usually, at not a joke. <laughs> oh, oh, what you mean? I was more visualising yeah. the sort of second-hand market. And go, oh, oh yeah, there'll be Smith's loads here of... again. He's he's wearing uh, that visibly oil-stained silkaline jacket. So lubricants t-shirt that he uh, he always seems to wear at the moment. I don't know. I think he's doing a, an auto jumble clothing challenge or something. There's um, a there's a, there's a there's a new old stock stash of unsold tiger tokens t-shirts do you remember the tiger Ooh, tokens t-shirts yeah, which yes. just had the face of a tiger on a plain white tee yeah uh, t-shirt, so i might have, i might get a deal where i go and there's a guy selling he's got 12 of them still in the plastic packets and he's like listen i want to get rid i don't want these to go back in my astra so yeah uh, three quid a piece let's do this i'm just looking at why am i looking at so retro t-shirts on ebay no, don't know you're bad you? oh bloody hell but look at this well, you always get the people, you know, the people that sell brand new cheap tools and stuff like that. And they're quite good. Yes. Some of that stuff's really good. You can get a very good, you know, uh, telescopic little magnet in case you drop mm. a bolt down the side of an engine bay and all that stuff. Yes. But they will sell uh, functional clothes, shall we say. They'll sell functional clothes. And, I think and- shoes is where you might struggle. Yes. Maybe some steel toe cap boots. R- rigger boots. Okay. You'll, you'll get riggers. Rigger boots. You'll get riggers. Yeah. And, of course, if I wear riggers all year round, people will think that I'm a knockoff Antanstead that doesn't do enough gym work. So yes. that's not going to work in my <laughs> favour. Poor man's Antanstead. I, unfortunately, I will look like a crap Antanstead. <laughs> um, the great thing about if you really immerse yourself in the only dressing from an auto jumble challenge is that, that at some point, inevitably, you'd be invited to a black tie do. And you'd oh, have yes. to go in rigger boots <clears throat> And I think probably just like overalls, maybe some some faded but once dark grey overalls. How much notice would I need that I'm going to this event? Just need to know before. I'm going to say that, you know, no offence, but it's been a cancellation, so you're a last-minute booking. Oh, oh that's... I've got a table at the Grosvenor for, um, I don't know, it's the International you know petrol station of the year awards oh gosh um, oh gosh actually we'd like you to present an award if you wouldn't mind oh when really it? it's tomorrow night uh but there's there's not going to be an auto jumble between now and tomorrow night okay all right well you know just black tie just turn up in black tie and there's you and you've got yeah faded gray overalls with an alvis badge on them for some reason <laughs> and rigger boots but um so, so do, you, do you know the reason why i asked how much notice we would mm. be given 
It's because I can't yeah. necessarily change the clothes I'll be turning up in, but I could change my state of svelte. So I thought if I go, I could almost do a kind of, you know, Magic Mike style thing where I know I've got to wear stained Elvis, Deb, Deb Man's mm. Al, Al, Elvis overalls yeah, yeah. Um, with riggers. But yeah. if I if I really own it and I unbutton a, quite a large portion of the top end of the of the overalls uh. and, I, and I'm ripped because I, I, I got told that I'm doing this thing in three and a half months time. So it's like, right, I'm going to I'm going for it. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. I'm going to get really fit and ripped for it. But I'm going to wear mm. a neck scarf as well. So I look a little bit <laughs> sort of hip, 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 hipster garage mechanic. You know, I'm going for the kind of, uh, I'm trying to think, I'm going for the Bister, Bister heritage kind of heartthrob look. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. The Bister heritage half. Yeah, the BHH, you know the rules. But when you, when you take what appears to be your neck scarf off, it's left oil prints on your neck because in fact it's a rag that you've also used to wipe your fingers on while you were dipping uh, the oil oh yeah i've just taken one a of your, one I just, of your alvises well i just had to use it to tightly grip um an oil filter to remove it because you know when you've got slippery oh. fingers you just can't get them off and they're supposed to be yeah ha- hand tight only but nobody ever does that so yeah. uh i've had to use that rag to get a real purchase and then it's, i've just thrown it over my shoulder like a chef well, it's hard to trust hand tightened, isn't it? It's hard to trust hand tight, but then the curse of the air tool you see comes along, and people talk these bad boys up with air tools, mm. and then you then you're doomed. You're absolutely doomed. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> see, I, I see. My list doesn't have any of the, these. I, I I wrote down a couple of things when I was driving back from Gordon Murray's last night, um, and cool. I know, sweet guy. I pulled up outside in the Insight, right? And he actually came out and he went, is that yours? I meant to ask. He you act- went in the Insight deliberately, didn't you? Because you <clears throat> knew it would get him juiced up. I went in the Insight because A, I needed to give it a run anyway. But B, I thought mm. Gordon will dig that, even though it's very yeah. unclean at the moment. Mm. Gordon will dig that. And he was all over it. He was mm. all over it, and he said, "He said I've been thinking of buying one of these for so long." But he said, "Really?" Th- and this really? is before we started filming. He actually said, "Do you mind later before you go? Do you mind if I sit in it?" <laughs> and I, and, and, and I, I know it's so cool. And I went, "Yeah, yeah, absolutely." And of course, I, it was an absolute mess inside because I just put all my stuff on the passenger seat. You know, early start, loads of yeah. Bits oh, so that's and a long drive. So did, did, did it smell a bit butcher's shop in? Wasn't there? guffy, if that's what you're asking. Although, yeah. So I did. I, I did apologise for the sort of like, the fact there's you know a coffee cup strewn and the, the bits of wrappers and a packet of wasabi peas in the centre console. <laughs> but apart from that, so he he uh, yeah he got in it after we filmed and he sat there. He went, "You're absolutely right." So this is this is really good for a tall person. This is no problem. I said, yeah, you fit in it comfortably and the seat's not even all the way back because he's used ah. to backing the seat all the way. Yeah. So I think that, and he, I could see the light bulb in his head. He's like, right, that's going to be added to the list. He's going to yeah. get one. Because he was like, well, what sort of value are they? I said, you could buy an absolutely mint one for probably 10. Like really, wow, I mean, really nice one. Yeah. And he was like, okay. I said, and you can buy an average one for about three. So... Pays your money, makes your choice, and uh, he may or may not have added it to his post-it in his back pocket. Yeah, but, um, which I do. I, every time I see him now, I ask him how many post-its he's got in his back pocket. He averages two. He doesn't open his jacket, and he's just got post-its all down the lining. <laughs> but honestly, like Richard, they're watches. so they're so beautifully written. The the yes. his writing's very small, or his or his bullet points are very small. Yeah. So you must have a quality biro in order to get that. It's, I wonder what pen he does use. Yeah, is I'll, he right or left-handed? Oh gosh, that's a really good point. I mean, I'm he feels sure. like he should be in our gang, in the lefty gang. Because, I hope he's in our gang. You know, we like to believe ourselves to be a bit special, and obviously we, he's a very special man. But I wonder. Yeah, no, he was. He was. He was. I'll ask him. I'll ask him. He was very, very. Send him a text message. Sweet guy. Are you left-handed. <laughs> totally <laughs> random. Where are you going with this, Johnny? I'm quite yeah, busy. Um, this is a uh, there's bit a odd. there's a lovely insight here on Car and Classic for five grand or just under. It's 130,000 miles, but as as you know, um, they wear it well. They do and, wear it um, very well. It looks, it looks really good. And also, in the first picture, you can see 
There's another insight in the back of shot, which rather suggests this is someone who's at insight enthusiast. Yeah. So we're not going to forward that to Gordon. I, I will do. two on here at the moment. And, I uh, told him that I've, I've got mine kind of um, penciled in to have some mods done because I'd taken the cover off the back, you know, the hybrid cover where the, where the boot space is. Yeah. So you can see all of its high-voltage guts. Oh. And, I, and I said, obviously, that should all be clad but um, I'm gonna. I'm having adjustable regen fitted and a plug-in conversion. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah, I am. Oh. I'm going for it. Interesting. Well, well it's worth it because it's such a da- it's such a damn good car to use and drive. So I drove. I, I, I've got the boring stats, but I think I told you last week that I did. I averaged 73 mpg on the on the drives I did last week, and I used half a tank of fuel and did four. Was it 460 miles or something like that? Um, and the, the tank is a 35-litre tank, so it's only a small tank. And then driving down to um, off of Gordon Murray Automotive and all that, I got mm. 79 to the gallon. Bloody hell. And it's just had some new tyres fitted, which might have helped it. I don't really know. I don't know. Ooh, but maybe. Well, they're, they're low rolling resistance, you know, that sort of like hybrid kind of yeah. centric tyres and all that. And mm. um, yeah, I just have it. It's just glorious. Absolutely glorious. There's another insight. There's another insight here on eBay for eight grand. And it does look very tidy. <clears throat> it's an automatic, which my spidey sense tells me is, it means it's an import. Yes, they, they weren't. They were all Manuel's UK cars, weren't they? They were all Manuel's, and I think if you look at the back, the the UK cars had a tunnelled-in fog light in the rear bumper because oh, they had to fit yes. that, whereas the imports yes. will have it stuck underneath like a dog's tester clay. Well, actually, this one, I think it's fresh from Japan, has nothing. Oh. I hate it when they just dangle down a fog light. It's oh, they're so hot. messy, doesn't it? It is. It's all things. Just looks like a ca- can... caravan shop smash and grab, doesn't it? But surely these days, could you not get like little LED jobby? Yeah, you can. What I'm doing with the the Tokyo taxi is because that's had a, a dog's testy clay put on. You can relocate it and take out one of the reversing lights and use an LED. Sweet. And it and it's to- totally flush. Can't be seen. Totally. Lovely, discreet. And the best thing is, completely legal. They can't touch you for they it. They can't. Fans can't touch you for it, Johnny. <laughs> Sweet car, authentic to the original design. Yes. No cheap, nasty bracketry. No. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, 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 here's one for you. Just listen. an idle thought that I had the other day. I realised I have never owned a five-cylinder car. Have you? Yes. Yes, I have. And, yeah, I've owned my Audi Coupe. In fact, before I... Was it before the Honda Insight? Uh... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I had so I daily drove my 1983 Coupe GT, which I loved. Man, I love that car, and and the engine was to die for. It was and the transmission. I've said it's still one of my favourite gearboxes. Actually, it's a really nice gearbox. Mm. And I promised myself one day I'll get a Quattro. But oh, yeah, I bought. I don't know if it counts. I bought my mum and dad a Volvo T5 when I first started working on fifth gear. Uh, Second hand. I'm not wealthy, yes. folks. You know, I'm not. Didn't buy me a new one. 
was actually quite high mileage. <laughs> but um, yeah, and that was, they wanted an auto, but of course it was a five-cylinder turbo. So that was, that was a nice five-sil. Yeah, that but counts. They're really lovely. We used to have a, you know what, I was just reminded, we used to have a pool car, a very odd choice of pool car when I was on Revs magazine. I think it was an X fleet company car that that's i don't know a disgraced manager would have had to have handed back before they lost their job and uh it was a golf mark 4 v5 oh do you remember the v5 yeah because i mean what, what a, very your car it was a very very odd car and i don't think it was very fast but it was talky and it sounded lovely but it was thirsty from memory mm. so it was a sort of like average of many worlds kind of motor yeah yeah but i don't know if any listeners have got experience of the golf v5 and of course if you're in britain the v5 is a registration document number yes so uh it- i know someone who had one <clears throat> really yeah one of my brother's mates had one um which i think they I, th- I seem to remember they slightly mocked him at the time and went were you hoping for a vr6 but you fell short because <laughs> It was such a weird, obscure car, and I seem to remember that he didn't have it maybe that long because of the thirst. I but, think um, I think it was a thirsty machine, but also like quite unnecessary when you think of all the other engines they already had. I know. I mean, that was that was the it was peak Piac madness, wasn't it? Where it was just like all these dead end engine configurations that he was insisting they engineered because they could, yeah, just to flex on other car makers. The other car makers were going. Yeah, we're good, thanks. I think we don't need a narrow angle V five in our range. So you, you, you keep doing you, and we'll just do us. Thanks, all the same. <laughs> yeah, we just had a turbo. Now, I like that engine in the Seat Toledo. Do you remember oh, that? Oh gosh, Richard, that yes. was a lovely car. I did some big miles in a Toledo V five. I went up to Scotland in it for a wedding, and it was. Um, this is sounding so partridge. Isn't it, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. That is <laughs> very to Scotland for a wedding in a Toledo. Got out, five felt like I just got out of bed. It was that relaxing. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was actually that was when I was. You know, it's like I was a researcher on old Top Gear, and I suddenly realised it was probably just before payday, and I put so much fuel in the Toledo V5 <laughs> on the way back. Well, <laughs> you became overdrawn. <laughs> yeah, my card got declined. <laughs> <laughs> basically because of the fucking Toledo people. well also the very expensive hotel in St Andrews that I'd stayed in for the wedding obviously had cleaned me out a bit but mostly it was just like fucking another another tank full of unleaded into the Toledo and um, yeah on the way back to Birmingham I was suddenly like sorry so your car's been declined thankfully I think I had a credit card I could use but it was a bit like fuck because I was thinking I remember driving that Toledo and going this is great I love this car wow maybe I should get one of these I sort of had a, you know, when you spend a long time in a car and you develop a bit of a bond with it. And Absolutely. Sort of find yeah. yourself thinking you should get one. Even if it's just a, a one. Journalist problem, but. It, well, even if it's just a one single memorable journey. You, yeah. I, there's, a, there's certain journeys I remember of, of cars like that where I think, was it like a holiday romance? Do I really want to own it? Was it as good as I, yeah. was, it as good as I was thinking it was? I don't yeah. know because I I did I a had, I did a trip in a Alpha One Five Six GTA and I still have a real thing for One Five Six GTAs because of that journey. I didn't much like the One Five Six GTA. Like I did like it, but I always thought it felt you could feel how that it had quite a sort of heavy engine up front. I think it's because it used to grind its sump. Yeah, it, it was a bit of a, a nosy diver. Oh, you know, dirty little nosy diver. As I'm doing that, I'm doing a shoulder dip. Are you you dipping one one shoulder like a sort of cockney? Um, I'm doing the neck, sort of neck out. Doing a turkey neck, yeah. I'm I'm doing a slight transit turkey neck. A cockerel cockerel neck. But but I'm dipping my left shoulder as I'm doing it, like I'm going into a bit of sort of bodily understeer. Right, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of body understeer. Um, I had one of those the other day because I suddenly remember the Vauxhall VXR8, which I had as a long-termer from Evo for six months, and I loved it. Wow. And I was like, so I suddenly went, I wonder how much VXR8s are these days. Not like I absolutely do not need a VXR8. And they're holding their money, weirdly, yep, considering how niche they are. But I guess probably that's part of it. If you want one, you want one. Yeah. And you'll pay 
seemingly 20 grand for one well that's what people are asking i think since and, they uh, definitely stopped making them and they're definitely never <clears throat> coming back yeah and they didn't sell that many in britain did they so i no. think the ones that are around people suddenly go oh this could be this is a this is a good thing i know someone that bought one a couple of weeks ago really actually yeah a chap who Ooh. um a chap whose car cave i featured on the late break show he had a very or has a very close friend who had a monaro and had the engine destroyed by somebody who said they'd rebuilt it and didn't really do a very good job took them to court mm. and yeah. long story short got some compensation sold the monaro to someone that was going to put it right and decided to wipe the slate clean and buy a vxr8 and they've got a very okay. very nice black vxr8 Oh. Yeah, they are cool. They're nice. They I don't know. Cool. That's the thing. I was like, oh, I love that car. And then I ended up looking up my old reports on it to find out. I was like, did I love it? I'm pretty sure I loved it. But maybe now I'm just imagining. But I did. It's very charismatic car. That would have you made know, you overdrawn money, fuel money-wise, right? It was, yes, it was quite punchy. In fact, in one of my reports for Evo, I, I'd forgotten I'd done this, but I zeroed the trip computer before I drove across London from where I lived at the time to the old Top Gear office. I think it was eight miles, but obviously it's through city traffic. Yeah. And it did 10 point something miles per gallon. Oh, gosh, that's sinful. Mm, oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, my so, word. I mean, I swear my Range Rover does better than that. So it's like, it was, a, it's, you know, that small block. It's not, it's not at its happiest crawling through town, but no, it's, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely engine. Um, since we're well, talking about cars, shockingly, yeah, be careful. Um, we should um, tread carefully. I feel like we should just at least pay lip service to the new Lamborghini Aventador replacement that I can't quite the re- the, the, how, the Lenovo or the re- the revolving the Revolto. Yes, the revolving. <laughs> the re- I can't. Re- I actually only I only found out about it last night because I think it's, it well it got released when I was with Gordon Murray. I might have told you I was oh, with Gordon Murray yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 I love the way you keep bringing things back to Gordon Murray. Yeah, so it's uh, it's raining at the moment. Yeah, just funny. Actually, it was raining when I was with Gordon Murray as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, did you ask him if he hates the Volvo Seven Sixty still? I did. I asked him while he was driving me in something, and he yeah. he looked over at me and sort of, <laughs> and half of his mouth smiled, and the other half stayed dead dead straight. <laughs> And, I, and, and then it, and then it, and because there was a, there was a too long a pause for me, and I went, I believe you said it in 1983. Um, <laughs> for context, for context, uh, for Johnny, Johnny messaged me and went, I'm with Gordon Murray, or I'm going to be. Have you got any questions for him? And I, I was in the middle of something else, I couldn't think of anything, and then suddenly it popped into my head. I think in about 1983, he was quoted in Autocar as raging about the volvo 760 which was new at the time and how heavy and big it was and how it was obscene and it was the worst car in the world and that people shouldn't be making cars like that anymore and that was in 1983 and um which is also it's like he was still the designer chief engineer whatever everything for brabham f1 so it's like it wasn't his job to rage about the volvo 760 no but somehow autocar had got some time with him and he'd He'd, had a, he'd torn a strip off the new Volvo. <laughs> well, so I was just curious to know. So I said, Johnny, can you ask him if he still hates the Volvo 760? <laughs> so did he not? He didn't, he, he didn't he, go. He yeah, just kind of went, uh, no, he just kind of went, oh, okay, right, okay. And then I, went, and then I quickly <laughs> followed, I followed it up by saying, you don't own any Volvos, do you? And he went, no, no, I, no, I don't. And I went, is, is that because they're too heavy? And he said, well... They're, they're just, and all, they're also, they're just too big. He said they're all too big. Ah, well, so, and so he's that, still he's sticking to his principles. Then I think so. Why he hated the seven sixty is why he's he's indifferent to Volvo's today as well, I guess. But yeah, t- mind oh, you, well, everything's anyway. big now. Volvo's aren't necessarily a big car anymore. It's just everything. Well, else. Well, this is after I'd sent you that question. I thought, I bet if you see a seven sixty now amongst modern cars, it looks really wee. And I, that, I bet yeah, it. I bet it how does. How the world's changed. Yep. Well, good. I'm glad you asked. I was also interested that Gordon Murray has sort of like independent suspension for the mouth that he can smile on one side and it doesn't affect the other side. So that's yeah. Good, he did presumably. manage. I think I don't know how he did that, but um, no anti roll bars across his <laughs> no anti anti smile bar. Fully, no. fully independent <laughs> side to side of the mouth. It was. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it was really, it was impressive. And yeah, uh, we, had a, we had a sweet, sweet time. And, sweet, uh, sweet time. Coming you, soon to the late break show. I within a matter of, say, 36 hours of you listening to this podcast. I'd oh, say. okay. I know. Uh, anyway, the, the, the Lamborghini revulsion. So you replace yes. it with the Aventador. It's got, I think, 1,001 horsepower. Well, that's PS, I presume it probably is. But, uh, and it's um, a, a plug-in. It's a plug-in hybrid. Plug-in so it's got hi- two electric motors on the front wheels. And then another electric motor sort of integrated into the double clutch gearbox. And then it's got a six and a half litre V12. And you add all the outputs of those together and you get somewhere around a thousand horsepower. And I, I'm really struggling to give a shit about this. It's interesting you should say that. Somebody did um, mention that it, that looks wise, it's not a radical departure from the Aventador. Now, the Aventador was always a, I mean, it still looks like a spaceship. So yeah. it hasn't. I don't think it's aged uh, particularly. Not like the um, the Gallardo did. I remember the Gallardo it was yeah. a great design, but I think I mean they held on to it for a really long time. So uh, I think the Aventador is a great looking car. They haven't they haven't had the guts or the need to kind of r- rip it all up and start again. Lots of people are going on about the fact that it's an NA motor still. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay, it's an NA motor store. And I think it's a completely open... The engine is open to the elements at the back. Uh, is it? I don't... Yes, maybe so. <clears throat> it's certainly... You can see it. I don't know if there's a glass cover. Over. I don't it, think it's got a piece of glass or plastic or anything. No, which is a sort of the trick they've taken from the um, Veyron, and, haven't they? That had a... And so... I think it's because... When it uh, rains, if you've been driving it for any time, then, you know, water pings and immediately turns to steam off the back of it so exciting oh so what they've done then is so previous lamborghinis they the owners were used to them going on fire but now what they're going to do is it's going to look like it's on fire but it's just steaming so it's okay it's okay mate. it's just steam oh no wait it's not it's actually on fire again so so you you have to hang around and keep looking back to go is it on fire or is it just warm so the kuntash to diablo to Murcielago, to Aventador. <laughs> this always feels like there was a quite a, you know, a, a change in style. Mm. And they were all very exciting, very dramatic. Diablo, yeah. And this, I just feel like it's kind of like someone's asked one of those AI programs to design a Lamborghini. It's all a bit predictable. It is predictable, I but yeah, I do. I, I mean, it's very dramatic in its own right, but it's sort of, and somebody I know pointed out that there's a there were some pictures of a white one and it just looks a bit like that that current corvette which i think is a bloody awful looking car so it's uh no i'm not enjoying it at all and i just don't lamborghini because so a, a friend of ours who's a car journalist went to a preview of this car in italy and he he said it's you know there's some serious tech going on here and they you know they've really put a lot into it and it's it's going to be a proper you know serious bit of kit to drive and i was thinking who gives a toss? It's not yeah. why people buy it. It's an mm. absolute wallets like Andrew Tate buy big Lamborghinis. <laughs> wallets. It could drive like a fucking Deu Mapesy for all anyone cares. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. It's not for that. It's for being a Lamborghini and making a big noise and being bright yellow. And, and it's sort of, mm, it's doing that, but there's nothing interesting in the design. It's just sort of a bit Lamborghini by numbers for my mind so, I, I, yeah anyway I, I that's think, why i'm struggling to give a shit th- about it i think you might be right but then again I, I i might have said this a few times there's very few supercars now which are genuinely exciting because there's mm. a lot of sameness going on and they're appe- I, I feel like they're more and more appealing to the to the type of crowd which which is not me so no whether that's, that's just because I'm a silver-haired, balding guy in his mid forties, <laughs> or whether it's just because, or, or whether it's just because I want something—I uh, don't know. I'm, do, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in the hat a car that's so different to the new Lamborghini, it, it, and I'm really keen to get behind the wheel of it. It's called a Pemble, mm. a Pembleton T34. Now it might have a t, might have a T in the name, but it's nothing to do with Gordon Murray. Pendleton T34? Yeah, it's a British... I know about this. Well, I got contacted by them, and I've become fascinated. They're a little cottage um, oh. industry in Worcestershire, 
And they make... T24, it says here. Is that right? Is, T- is there a new one? Yeah, T24. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And it's, so it's a four... Yeah. They, they, do a, they do a Morgan three-wheeler kind of knockoff, but this T24 they is do. a, a four-wheeled, all-aluminium, mm. bare-aluminium riveted body, narrow-tired, V-twin engine. I think it's well under... Is it V-twin? I think it's yeah. V-twin. And it's under... It's well under 400 keys. It might be even closer to 350 keys. It's it's 361, according to this. Yeah, see what I mean? See? Shit, the bed. I know. So, although it's... Okay, it Did do- Gordon Murray tell you about this? No, I told Gordon Murray about it. Ooh. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, Gordon, I've got some good lightness for you. Yeah. Got some lightness. Oh, that was... Yeah. That's... that's here's something really light. That's, that's catnip. Wow. Catnip. That's very light. How yeah. How shit have they done that? Because it... I mean... It's small, but clearly a human can fit in it because they've got a picture of unless they're deliberately using very small people in the car to <laughs> make it look like they did with the plane at the end of Casablanca. Um, Thirty-two, thirty-three grand plus VAT. Yeah, power to weight ratio is up to two hundred eighteen bhp per ton. I bet that's quite a giggle to drive. E- exactly, and two hundred liters of storage space. So actually, what? The, hang on. Yeah. Why is that? Does, does the gear lever sprout out of the dashboard like a two CV? Yes, I think it does, or a Civic oh Type R, depending on who, what you compare it to. But yeah, well, it's got a dog, it's got a it's got a right angle in it, like a like a two CV or a Renault Four. It does a bit more like that, and then it disappears straight through the dashboard. Yeah. So I'm going two CV so, rather than. So it's basically, I think you're going to get pre-war driving vibes on the thin tires, which will probably have modern rubber composi- yes. uh, composition. So it'll it'll have some great feel to it and movement to it. Yeah. It should have a bit of torque from from the from the engine weight is needs it though because it only yeah. weighs like a shoe yeah it's got adjustable suspension it's got enough storage to go away for a weekend and not just wear pants or go to an auto jumble and buy your own clothes and then burn them in a bin on the way home and then <laughs> it's got it's got usb so i'm just really it's got oh, USB. It's got twin USBs, so charging sockets. So, of course, so, so you've got like a plug socket from a kitchen on it. So yeah. It's got three pin as well, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's got, I like this, how to buy on their website. It says, choosing the specification of your T24 four-wheeler can be a wholesome experience that we want you to be a part of. I, could, I, I wish that said, a wholesome experience of which we want you to be a part but uh, otherwise, that's. So, are you going to go and drive this? Yes, then? is this uh, I am. on your radar? Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is happening. So, um, Kidderminster, they're in Kiddy. Yeah, Kiddy, mate. Maybe I'll come and pick you up. Not that far from I'm your going. neck of the woods. Sweet. Do you want to uh, wear well, a cravat yeah, and I'll, I'll come round? Footed by that because I always thought Worcestershire was just next door. My knowledge of this part of the country is really poor, and it turns out it's like when we went to Morgan. It's like two hours away, but is it? yeah, this is is interesting. Yeah, it took me ages to get to Morgan. Um, <laughs> it, I thought I thought I could practically walk it, but yeah, I, I need to brush up on the West Country. Anyway, um, well, this is an interesting thing. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I, I don't. You know, it's a, it's a, it seems a bit strange to be sort of going. I'm literally not interested in this new supercar, but honestly, I'm not. Whereas I've got a, a I've got a Kia Picanto coming in next week as a press car, and I can't wait. Oh, is it the one liter turbo? It is, yeah. Oh, it's a howl. It's amazing. The reason I've got it, well, I know you're a big Picanto fan. And yes. The reason I've got it is actually because Kia said to um, the editor of Evo, "Oh, so you've got a Panda hundred horsepower now in your in back in your your long term test fleet. Um, you should try the Picanto one liter turbo. It's the modern hundred horsepower." Yeah. And so I was a bit like, <clears throat> I'll be the judge of that. So they're lending me one so I can have a go in it. But I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. I know that probably means there's something wrong with me. And you, well, I don't know. Both more interested in this stuff <laughs> than in the new Lamborghini. I think what it is, it's, it's, it's use. It's places you can use these things. Yes. Uh, number one. And number yeah. two, I think, I like to think the sign of a true vehicle enthusiast is that they've got a bit of a breadth of appreciation. Now, I know we've just said that after kind of not giving a massive amount of shits about mm. uh, the Aventador replacement. But um, if you liken it to, you know, when I speak to like motorbike guys, like Shaky Burn, who obviously mm. has ridden every kind of high-end race bike thoroughbred you can think of, and yeah. to, to, to a very high standard, he still gets off on mopeds. 
He still does he? he still loves a twist and go <laughs> still loves a twist and go scooter. And yet he's used to, you know, yeah. he's used to manhandling, you know, a three hundred horsepower motorcycle and he's still going, Oh, I'll totally take a Yamaha D T fifty that's looks it looks like you're riding a praying mantis, it's so thin. And but <laughs> but it's there's something about it still. A chicken chaser still still gives you that that something. And it's the same with well, cars. That's fantastic. It's the yeah, same yeah. with cars. That's great though. It is. It absolutely is. Well anyway, listen uh, well next week, um, You'll have to report on the auto jumble. Yes, uh, I might have different time. hair next week. You won't see it because this is a podcast. Yeah. But oh, actually, I, I, can't, I think I've got the picanto the week after next, so I won't report on the picanto next week. But anyway, um, but look, we should bring this to a close for now. Um, uh, before we go, uh, I have three things to tell you. They are one. Uh, Johnny has a solo YouTube channel. It's called the Delaminate Rake Show, in which he needlessly strips the handles of garden equipment into thin <laughs> strips. Uh, if that's not to your taste, there's the Late Break Show, which has got lots of excellent videos about cars and people who love cars, and uh, including fabulous AMG Mercedes barn find. And uh, what else have we got going on at the moment? Oh, soon some more Gordon Murray content. Oh yeah, and by the time you dictation. Well, by the time you listen to this, you will be able to watch my nine eleven dakar review ah yes. which i hope you'll enjoy and maybe you won't but maybe poorly, you will poorly man drives uh, 911 yeah i um, powered by ibuprofen see uh, last week's show oh shit i forgot to, oh, well maybe i'll come back to it but loads of messages geez we talk all about cars and no one gets in touch much and then uh, as i say that ibuprofen's a bit of a scam if you go for the brand name stuff and we've had loads of messages about that oh really been, i should have read these out yeah 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 i can't even begin to, but including from doctors and i'm going to very hastily try and find this now and probably not be able to dig it out but um uh we had uh from a pharmacist katie maddock who's one of our patrons um as a pharmacist i hope the following information is useful brand name drugs such as neurofen are often first to the market and the brand name is trademarked however the actual drug ibuprofen in this case is not trademarked Instead, the drug company holds a patent on the drug for a number of years, allowing them to be only sellers for a while, recouping the costs of discovery, development and testing, and then marketing. Once the patent's expired, any company can manufacture the generic drug, brackets ibuprofen, often very cheaply. The original manufacturers then rely on the reputation and name of the original brand, Neurofen in this case, to maintain sales, as this is what the public is used to. Interesting. The trick is to slightly change the formulation, e.g. gel caps, and spin a story about it being more effective, thus enticing people to buy the, inverted commas, new formulation. I always tell people to buy the generic because, as Rich articulated so beautifully, it's the same shit in there. So um, <laughs> there we go. That's an actual pharmacist telling us that. Thank you, Katie. Katie, thank uh, you thank very much. Thank you to much. everybody else who, uh, who got in touch um, to point out that um, well, basically that, that we were onto something there. Just get the generics. Um, anyway, uh, so that will be well. That's the second thing I've got to tell you is that uh, ibuprofen. It's all basically the same shit. Not my words. The words of a pharmacist who agrees with me. And uh, the third thing that I've got, got to tell you is that uh, you probably, if you're a fan of the show Succession, you'll have noticed it's back on at the moment. Um, a lot of the series is directed by a man called Mark Mylod, but he started his directing career directing Shooting Stars. Really? Yeah, so Succession, beautiful looking, very glossy, expensive uh, drama show. There's a bit of comedy in as well. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of it's directed by a bloke who started by directing Vic Reeves, Bob Mortimer going, Iranu. He also did The Royal Family, actually, as well. So That's brilliant. Um, that's a good CV, isn't that it? That's is brilliant. Oh, well, here we go. We better, um, as you would always say, we'd better bring this in. Stand- well, R- Richard's obviously got books that you need to buy. Oh, yes, if, those if as well. And uh, Boring Car Trivia 4 will be coming along at some point this year. If you have any tip-offs about that, do get in touch. Hello at smithandsniff.com. Likewise, anything you want to say to us, um, then use that address. Oh, but, and uh, don't we're supposed to plug our merchandise, Richard? Yes, um, aren't we we have merch the merch shop is back up and running uh the easiest <clears> way for you to find it would be to go to smithandsniff.com yes we have a website but we never mention that either because we're useless but <laughs> smithandsniff.com forward slash merch and that'll take you through to the Shopify shop <laughs> have a little browser around the website as well there's a few things on there there's, there's like a sort of frequently asked questions thing and there's an hot page and all sorts and, and no one ever really seems to 
go there because we never mention it. But yeah, Smith and Sniff. If we were Smith and Sniff News. So if we were an American pair of podcasters, all this would have been said yes. in the first fifteen seconds of you listening to it. But instead, well, yes. we've had to wait Once over an finished, hour. Yeah, we we would have mentioned it after we'd finished mumbling about bollock shaving equipment <laughs> for nine minutes because we're being paid to do it. Um, no, we're not. We're not mentioning it. But but we want to say thank you to not not testicle shaving, but Karin Classic. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you, Karin Classic, for sponsoring us. No thanks to SmoothSack.com, who we aren't sponsored by. Anyway, we really do have to stop, but we'll do this all again next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review. You know just what to do. Like and subscribe and review You know just what to do Like and subscribe and <laughs> Do you know what? The, Pe- the Pebbleton T24 sounds like a really smooth bag shaver. <laughs> I had a T20, but it, it used to nick the base. my knackers a couple of times. So. <laughs> now I've got ball guard technology on it. So oh, fine. absolutely. I could go as close to any of it and I'm fine. Yeah. I could yeah. even get pissed and aggressively run it over my balloon knot and it'll be fine. Good, <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.